0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hooray for Hollywood! Hey, this is Brett Gursky. Welcome to another episode of On the List. This is episode number 54. It's August 2019. We are coming to you from the Believe Podcast Network. My guest today is a good friend of mine who's a very talented writer, TV show creator, and now movie director. You've seen his work on a little show called The Office, which is now bigger than ever, and also the HBO series Hello Ladies, which is How We Met. And you can see his new movie, Good Boys, when it hits theaters this Friday. August 16th. Of course, I'm talking about Gene
0: Subnitsky. Who else could you be talking about?
1: Exactly. Gene Subnitsky. Who else could it be? Uh, what's up? Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me, Brett. I've been waiting for good boys to come out to have you on as a guest. Uh, right now we're at the Sunset Tower in Los Angeles because right. you live in New York. You used to live in L.A.
0: I did. for. I lived in L.A. for 14, 15 years, and now I'm in New York. How's New York treating you? I love it so much. <laughs> so I'm so happy there. Not that I don't love LA. LA is great. Most well, of my friends are here, but right, yeah.
1: So I feel like what people miss you in LA, they must. Ah, they no? say they do.
0: I don't believe them. Yeah, you did have a presence here. You had an awesome house. <laughs> the city. Why did the? How, it's crazy. The city still functions without me. I know. Here. And New York is just bigger than ever since you got there. I know. It's really changed the vibe.
1: <laughs> uh, what's the difference to you between New York and LA now that you've lived in both?
0: Um, LA is like a one industry town so you know it's which is cool at first but can get you're just like talking about entertainment all the time like right now like right now <laughs> uh, I never talk about it when I'm in New York no um but,
1: I but I there was, is something to to that where like it keeps you on track because everybody is part
0: of the entertainment business so it kind of keeps you in. it definitely keeps you like there's like a certain pressure what are you working on like there's like a score in your head of like are you, am I relevant am I doing Things uh, anyone cares about Like in New York I think you just You live more You have more of a life Outside of work Right It's not about your job Yeah exactly
1: As much uh, So before we talk about Good Boys Which is why you're in town The premiere is actually tonight That's right And your family's in town They are And it's a big deal i like to explain to people How I met my guests And so I mentioned before that we met because of Hello Ladies, which is a TV show on HBO that you created with Lee Eisenberg and Stephen Merchant. Stephen, of course, was the star of the show. Um, But I know that we've been friends for exactly seven years because I read the script for the Hello Ladies pilot on the flight home when my sister had my twin nieces. And I was just back in New Jersey again for their seventh birthday party. And so I was like, it's seven years since I read the Hello Ladies script. Oh, uh, look at that. So we've known. It does feel like I've known you longer than that. Yeah. I will say. It does. I remember reading the script on the plane. I was laughing out loud, which is awkward when you're on a plane because <laughs> you're the only person laughing. Everyone has their headphones in. But I loved that script. And I was like, I have to be part of this show. And we had a mutual friend, Angie Banneke, mm-hmm. yeah. who was in PR at the time. Now she's a tarot card reader That's to the right. stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, she introduced us. And I guess you guys were looking for a consultant for the show. And I know L.A. very well and nightlife and the rest is history. That's right. That's and we got right. to work together uh, for eight episodes yep.
0: of the season. And
1: then there was a movie. That's right. And we will get into Hell, Ladies and The Office and everything. But first, let's talk about Good Boys. So you wrote the script.
0: Yeah. With I, Lee Eisenberg. With Lee Eisenberg, my writing and directing partner. Uh, we wrote it together. Back, uh, We started on it when I was still living in L.A. I read in t- 2013. Is that when you I guys started? That sounds right. Yeah.
1: That just shows how long it takes for it's, stuff oh, to man. come out in LA. It's,
0: it's just, it take, it's such a process yeah. uh, with movies. Um, I think from when we came up with the idea for Bad Teacher to when it came out, I think that was seven years. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, so you're getting better. This yeah, we're six. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, yes. So
0: who knows? Maybe we're just doing, doing it wrong. Maybe other people do it quicker. Maybe. Um, or you're
1: doing it so perfect that you make sure it's perfectly executed before you well, let the world see it. That's what, That's what we like to tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. so how'd you guys come up with the idea?
0: Um, you know, we always kind of talked about being that age. It's, yeah, it's the worst age, really. Your body's changing. You're uncomfortable in your own skin. The hormones are out of control. How just old a, are they in the movie? 13? They are 12? 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, even worse. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's the, oh God, sixth, seventh grade. It's the worst. And, um, it's also, you start to like see girls differently. That's right. It's, we we it's really like the idea time. that, that they were both, um, because the, the antagonists in the movie are two high school girls. Right. Which And we like the idea that they are both attracted to the girls, but also scared of the girls. <laughs> right. They're both running to and from the <laughs> right. girls. Yeah. And uh, it's a very confusing time in your life. So, which I would say, that kind of awkwardness leads to comedy. But also that earnestness. You're so earnest. Everything is, it's operatic. Everything is a 10, you know. And so...
1: Right, everything's life or death. Yeah, and then when you look back, you're like, "What was I so right?" Worked up about exactly, but
0: but all that stuff leads is great, you know, for comedy.
1: Right, but so the script—it's an R-rated movie mm-hmm. starring
0: kids. That's right. So, who, who, do you remember? Yeah, when, I remember as we were working on it, I was like, "Who is this for?" <laughs> right. We to, we'd be working on a scene out of nowhere, one of was to be like, "Who's gonna wa- who is this for?" Right. Who's gonna watch this?
1: Yeah. The whole marketing campaign is how the kids in the movie aren't open enough it. to see it.
0: I mean, I guess the thing you know that made us feel a little bit better was that. Things like Stranger Things and It are kids, but they're made for adults. True. Especially It. Um, I, th- I think th- those, you know, they'll have the nostalgia factor, which I think maybe helps them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, in the end, I think young people will like this movie. It's not, You know, it's not made for our grandparents. but <laughs> Right. It's definitely also not made for 10-year-olds. Right. But what was
1: sort of the impetus for the idea you guys were like let's make a movie starring kids like the ones we grew up with like Stand By Me and Goonies and those kind of movies yeah
0: I mean I can't exactly point to the you know the, the germ exactly I, I do remember my friend Ricky uh brought a drone over and we were playing <laughs> with it in my backyard and it, it we just it's such a crazy it was so crazy you just fly over people's houses <laughs> right. there were like people like outside by the pool and we're just like, wow, it'd be funny. The idea like being a high school girl talking to your friends, suddenly a drone appears. <laughs> right. And then you cut to who's controlling it and it's three sixth grade boys spying on them. Spying on them. Oh, that's kind of go. where it came from. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: And so were you
1: inspired by those movies that we grew up with? I, yes. I did hear Stand By Me was kind of. Stand by of, me. An inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But also, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, South Park. Oh yeah. It was yeah, we always thought it was like, South Park is kids. Yeah, we thought it was like a live action South Park. That's, that and makes I, sense. And at first it was much more satirical, uh, so more in line of that, in line with South Park. And kind of we kind of went away from the satire more towards the emotion and the character stuff, which I think was good. But, uh, and also, you know, like a like The Hangover a little bit, which is, um, in the sense that it takes place over a very short amount of time and it's during the day. Right. Which uh, is like The Hangover with kids. We, just, we, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. we, we like that idea of like an action set piece, but with kids, comedy, but with kids. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, so... We but the,
1: there is like an old adage in Hollywood never work with kids and animals. That's but you, right. But you went for it. Yeah, we made the mistake <laughs> of uh, in our
0: first draft. There was a there was a lion that got loose as well. So Very hangover. Very yes, hangover. Okay. So we took that out. But yeah, so we just we got rid of the animals, but uh, took the kids. Well,
1: you mentioned that it all takes place in one day. And I feel like so many classic comedies take place in a day. Like they have to get to a party, you know, that's like right. super bad and can't hardly wait, which is. One of my favorites from uh, right. when I graduated high school. Right, right. And also even recently Booksmart is all one day. Mm-hmm. trying to get to a party. Yeah. Um, so that was a goal early on. Groundhog Day? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day is not only one day. It's yes. over and over and over. But, but yeah, were you guys always like, let's make this one day in the life of these kids?
0: Um, yeah, because we really liked the idea that they had to go four miles to get to the mall <laughs> to buy the drone. And to, basically the world's shortest road trip movie. <laughs> right. That's how we viewed it. So we That's liked it. Four miles when you're 11 years old is impossible. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that's, how would you even do that? Even one mile. I remember as a kid, the high school was a
1: mile away and I thought that it was.
0: Yeah, it's like you have to fly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I just pictured it so far away. And then when I got a car and I could drive, I was like, oh, it takes two minutes. It takes 20 minutes. (laughs) Even less. Um, (laughs) So Seth Rogen produced Good Boys Mm -hmm. with you guys, Mm -hmm. speaking of super bad. uh, So, how did he get involved early on?
0: So, you know, th- this is a movie with with really no stars. I mean, you know, Jacob is, is well known, but it doesn't really have like it's not a movie with movie stars right? In, in Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. In that
1: in that age group though, he's probably the he biggest is. movie star. He's
0: the Tom Cruise of that <laughs> yeah, age group, totally. for sure. Um but it's um you know, we needed a way to kind of present the movie almost like a brand. And and Seth and Evan have a long history of making like really good R-rated comedies. Yeah. Like Super Bad. And this is the end and all that. So um we thought if we can get someone like that to present the movie that, that gives it kind of contextualizes the movie, then it's not diary of a wimpy kid. <laughs> right. Oh you know, definitely not. Yeah. We do not want
1: that. A lot of the posters say either from the people who brought you super bad or sausage party yeah. or neighbors. They've yeah. made it very clear. Oh yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> no point it. did I think this was Yes, sorry if it would not be good. So it's produced by Point Grey, which is like you said, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Also, Good Universe, which is Nathan Kahane. Yeah.
0: So we originally, we um, Brady uh, Brady Fujikawa, uh, who worked at Good Universe with Nathan. That company no longer exists. It was bought up by Lionsgate. Right. So we we're on like the last movies that they they did. But uh, Brady is a friend, and uh, he's like, "What are you working on?" And I sent it to him, and because you guys wrote it as a spec script. Yeah, we wrote we wrote it to direct and. Oh, nice. um, And then he gave it to Nathan, we came in and met with Nathan, and then they brought on Point Grey, and then kind of all of us went in and and sold it to Universal.
1: Oh, nice. With Seth Rogen. With Seth, yeah. Nice. So immediately they knew what they were getting. Yes. That it was this R-rated kid movie. Fun fact about Seth Rogen, by the way, Mm -hmm. his dog Zelda goes to daycare with my dog Buddy. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and that, that's what happens when you live in L.A. Wow. I don't know Seth personally, uh-huh. but our dogs are friends. Um, <laughs> and you're a dog person, too. I do. Your I dog's know. in New York. He is. Um, I remember, actually, the day you met your dog, we had dinner at Dominic's. Do you remember this? <laughs> and you showed me pictures on your phone, and you're like, I think it's my dog. I was like, if like you my think soulmate. It, yeah, I was like, yeah. if you think it's your dog,
0: it's your dog. Go love, back. Love at first sight. Yeah. yeah and I got, you went back and got it. I to, yeah, I think, actually, um, I remember I was... I was kind of waffling. Yeah. Because it was a big decision. No, it was a huge decision. I wasn't sure what to do. And um, I was there with a bunch of writers because, you know, we're all very lazy. <laughs> and they're looking for any reason not to... Uh, not to write. Not to write. So, like, oh, let's go get you a dog. And uh, we went to uh, this place in La Angeles that's not open anymore. Spot. Spot. That's where yeah. I got Buddy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So... Uh,
1: there must be something in the air where, like, you get yeah. hypnotized. And you're like, I have to get this dog. I have to get this dog. and
0: um, And so, we go there and he... Mm-hmm actually went there for a different dog, and uh, it was just, as soon as they brought him out, he was already, like, yapping, and I was like, oh, this, this dog is too, <laughs> this tiny dog's too aggressive, and uh, so they, they're like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I just want, like, a, you know, a chill lap dog, and uh, they brought out Iggy, as he, as I call him now, yeah, uh, and he came over to me, and he just uh, lie down on his back, like, to get scratched, and I was like, oh, clearly, this is my dog, because <laughs> totally. we have a connect. And I was like, oh. I realize now he does that to everybody. (laughs) Um, But I I was, you know, I wasn't sure. And um, this, uh, I was like, I I told the the writers, I was like, hey, guys, I don't, I need to think about this. And I was still kind of petting him. And this mother walked in with two daughters, kind of like a, a Brentwood mom type. Oh, yeah. And one of the daughters goes, I want, mom, I want that one. And I kind of did it to make the other writers laugh. I was like, I'm sorry, little girl. I'm already adopting him. <laughs> and, and just to see the disappointment on her face. Right. And then I adopted him. So out of spite, really. To right. Little girl. But
1: also, you didn't want other people to get him. No, I love him. That kind of happened with me, too. I was with Buddy. I was with friends that were looking at for a dog. And I just went along for the ride. And I was like, this will be <laughs> cute to look at puppies. I met Buddy. I'm like, he's cute. I'll take a picture with him. We take a selfie and he leaned into it in such a way that I'm like, wait, this is my dog. He knows how to take selfies. Like he knows where the camera is. (laughs) This is my dog. He knows his light. Yeah. Yeah. And then I posted it and I was just like, met this little guy today, hoping someone would go adopt him. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning I woke up thinking he was sleeping on me and he (laughs) wasn't.
0: It was a different dog.
1: No, no dog. (laughs) No dog. It was a dream about him. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to have him. And it was like, if I didn't get him that day, he would be part of the adoption fair the next day. So same kind of thing. You'd lose him to somebody else. But anyway, I digress. So Seth Rogen, of course, he wrote and starred in Superbad. That's right. And Good Boys is coming out this weekend, which is the same exact weekend Superbad came out 12 years ago. Is that true? That's true. Uh-huh. I have a feeling that the marketing department maybe knew that. I remember seeing that movie opening day, opening weekend at the Grove. It's almost out to the world. How are you feeling? You're days away.
0: I feel good. I feel good. I'm, uh, I, you know. Critically, it's doing way better than we thought a movie about doing great. swearing uh, kids would do. Yeah, the Deadline review came out and
1: the headline said, you know, dirty jokes but a lot of heart, basically. Yeah. That's
0: really nice. So that was that was nice. And so, uh,
1: and then, I mean... I think, you know, that's, I think that's why it's good you didn't go the South Park route, the satire route. Yes. And instead, because if you add heart to these movies, you can get away with anything. That's right.
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, but the, obviously the comedy landscape has changed so much uh, since Superbad came out and just... It's been a rough going lately in least, Hollywood. Yeah, with comedies, <laughs> right? Uh, for a lot of reasons, but um, yeah, there haven't really been any successful ones this year, and uh, which makes us a little, a little nervous. People, yeah. you know, aren't going to show up. But so far, so good. So. Or you guys will be. The, we'll, we'll break. We'll break it. The, break line. the street, Yeah,
1: right. actually, Variety. I'm sure you saw it. Just published an article, and the headline is, "Can Good Boys Get Adults to See Comedies in Theaters?" I guess yes. they didn't have an answer. Well, That's, right. It was an analysis. Yeah, yeah. They were, it was an analysis. They, no one has the answer yet. But what's ironic is the article starts by saying, funny hasn't equaled money this year at the nation's multiplexes. Comedy fans seem to have largely turned to streaming fare, including Netflix, rom coms stand-up specials, and endless rewatches of The Office. Yeah. Which is funny because you worked on The Office, yeah. which we'll talk about. But basically, since people are so busy watching Gene's show, The Office, we need a Gene movie called Good Boys to get them back into the theater. I
0: definitely feel that was part of the reason they made the movie. Exactly. More Gene content. Yeah,
1: they were like, the office is so big. Who was behind it? So let's talk about your cast because we we mentioned Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. So I remember reading the script when you guys first wrote it Mm -hmm. or when you were first going around shopping around. And when I read it, I was like, they need to get Jacob Tremblay to star in this movie because he was the best kid actor I'd seen in the movie Room mm-hmm. and then Wonder was a huge hit which yep. he was also great at. Mm-hmm. so he was the top of his game like yep. you said the Tom Cruise the, of it the hottest 11 year old thespian in the right. game but I also thought to myself because on his Instagram his parents are very involved uh-huh. I was like his parents are never letting him do this movie he, he's on this <laughs> hot streak they're not letting him do like an R rated yeah. comedy yeah. he's like America's sweetheart right. you know and so how did obviously they let him do it how did that happen
0: you know it's funny they reached out to us that he was interested in. We're like, what? How, how do you know about it? Um, through the agencies, you know, I think through UTA. And, um, and so, they wanted to take a rest. We yeah. Well, we, so we Skyped with them, with Jacob and his parents, like you do with all, all <laughs> right. And uh, they're like, hey, when you're done talking to Jacob, we'd love to talk to you. And we, for some reason, both separately felt that they wanted to yell at us about this. like, how dare you write this film? <laughs> right. And so we were talking to Jacob. And then uh, we talked to his parents and we're kind of bracing ourselves. And they're like, oh, so we read the script, we think it's really funny, and you know, Jacob wants to do it, and Jacob thought it was funny, too. We're like, I don't know why we thought they were going to yell at us. <laughs> right. And they're very... They're well, very, they're like our age as parents, probably. Yeah. They're very pleasant, but, for, you know, because their parents were like, oh, they're older than us. <laughs> right. I think they're younger than us. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. But, um, yeah, so that was really... But did they mention,
1: like, we're willing to take this chance? Because it's, it's very different they, than when he They
0: did didn't say that, that specifically, but I think the thinking, I imagine the thinking was, you know, let's broaden... Because he's such a great comedic actor too. He's right. such a great actor, but he's also has great comic timing and just naturally very funny. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it was ended up. I think it was a good move by them.
1: Yeah. Every generation has one of those kids. Like we had Macaulay Culkin mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. at Home Alone, and you know he had to do crazy stuff in that. And exactly. exactly. He laughed all the way to the bank. He Macaulay did. Culkin. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the cast. So Jacob Tremblay plays Max. Brady Noon plays Thor. How do you find Brady?
0: So, well, so we got Jacob right away, and they're like, "This is going to be so easy. We're just going to <laughs> cast it, and then off we go." Yeah. And then, who doesn't
1: want to be in a Jacob Tremblay anyway? movie?
0: Yeah. So then, nine <laughs> months later, after seeing thousands of children, no, really? we, we got we got no, Brady really. and Keith. We we cast Brady I think the day of the Taylor No. Yeah, I mean, it was really? hard. It was so hard. It's hard to find kids who kind of get the joke at that age, that who have you know great comic timing and
1: had and you it. seen and Keith Williams plays Lucas. Mm-hmm. So had you seen either of them in anything before? No. So it was no, just the normal just, casting process. Yeah, I mean, audition?
0: Keith came in and auditioned uh, for us. And Brady uh, lives in New Jersey, so he Skyped with us. Oh, New Jersey, nice. Yeah, that's right. You're neck of the woods. Yep. And, um, and so... I tried to be a
1: child after my parents weren't into it. Really? <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you audition for? No, I,
1: they wouldn't take me to the auditions. No. Sure. Because of the different Strokes kids, I yeah. ruined it for all yeah. of us. Yeah, <laughs> I really screwed, screwed up I was like,
0: I won't be like that. That's right. <laughs> I'll go more the Wonder Years route. Uh, um, and uh, so yeah so uh, Brady Skyped and as soon as you know we were like oh I think maybe we just wrote a character that no one can <laughs> something wrong, something's wrong in the writing and then when Brady did it we like oh yes okay. is it
1: because they had to like talk about kind of adult content and no, for kids to pull it off or no, it's just it was the just personality a, it, was just
0: a, it was just when you find the right actor for the right role yeah you know they elevate it and you know there's a lot, plenty of great actors audition. All the time, but it's just really finding that right person, yeah. matching them with the role. I mean, same with writers on TV shows. A writer can work on a show that's not quite right for them and then work on a different comedy or drama and then click in. And yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's true. I mean, I always say that with actors. Like, one movie, they win an Oscar. And another movie, like, they were terrible in oh, that right. movie. Yeah. But it's the material. It is. And if they can handle it or not. Uh, I actually saw Keith Williams on... Jimmy Kimmel promoting your
0: movie. Uh-huh. He's a real character, that kid. Oh yeah. Kid. Like, oh, yeah. Well, a lot of personality.
1: Yeah. He was almost was he kind of playing himself? Because it's very similar to what I saw in like the trailer. I stuff.
0: mean it's in some ways, yeah, in some ways. Uh but uh he you know, he's a very like he he is a he's like a sweet kid and he's very But there's like an the adult book.
1: trapped in there or something. Like Yeah, well he's
0: grown so much since um making we shot. Yeah, it, I think he's like yeah, I think he's seven foot one now. Oh <laughs> wow. Yeah. That for, should be interesting at the premiere. For twelve years old, that's, <laughs> that's, no, but he's he's just grown a lot. I mean, they're all starting to grow. Yeah. So, um, but he's yeah, he's just he's, he's very sweet. He is playing. I guess he is playing a version of himself. Yeah. But I, you know that kind of like I've just we'd never heard a kid kind of deliver, deliver lines like that. It was so it was crazy. Well, that's what's
1: so cool about the casting process is you've lived with the material so long from writing it and now you see these actors come in and bring it to life. Yeah. And either someone walks in, you're like, that's exactly what we wrote and yeah. that's exactly what we're picturing or someone comes in and does it a different way. You're Like it's better. They're even better. Yeah. We didn't even see it going yep. that way. Exactly. But that's incredible. And so the rest of the cast, Molly Gordon plays Hannah mm-hmm. and Midori Francis plays Lily. Those are the teenage girls you we were that's talking right. about. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like finding that?
0: I mean, we also got them at the very, very, because you know, we were really concentrating on the boys. Right. And so again, at the very end, right before Read, we got both of them and, and, uh, we just lucked out because Some, sometimes you do it wrong. Sometimes you do it right. And, uh, we, you know, we got lucky. I mean, they're they're so good in the movie. They're so funny. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have long careers. Yeah, Molly's on a hot streak. She, she is. She did
1: Life of the Party and she did Smart. That's right. Yeah, I know her a little bit. We have the same trainer, so I see her at the gym. Which <laughs> 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 is another very Hollywood thing. <laughs> My connections to your movie. And so the parents in the movie, Will Forte mm-hmm. of Saturday Night Live fame. Yeah. I know him a bit socially, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Max's dad. Yeah. And what was that process like? Oh, yeah. Will?
0: We've known Will for a while. I mean, he's just one of the... I mean, McGruber is one of the funniest movies oh, yeah. I have ever seen. <laughs> to, I saw it on TV. I kind of missed, I didn't see it in the theater. It wasn't, I was aware of it, but didn't really think much of it. Oh, right. Uh, even though I, I knew, well, I knew, know how funny he is. And, and I'd read his, he used to be a writer. I think he was a writer on that 70s show oh. back in the day. And, yeah. and I read some of his, his scripts and always oh, a funny writer. Um, but I was by myself watching McGruber on my couch, laughing hysterically. <laughs> and I, that's pretty rare to laugh hysterically by yourself. Um, and I just couldn't believe how I missed how I had missed MacGruber <laughs> right? missed I, it the I, first time and around yeah I, I, he's probably sick of it because I tell him every day <laughs> I see him I, you know every time I see him how much I love MacGruber it's so there's so fun. rumors of a
1: sequel actually Ryan Phillippe mentioned that there's talk of a sequel because yeah. he was in the first one yeah well I think
0: they're doing a TV show oh maybe
1: yeah But they'll keep McGruber a lot. And so he was a friend of yours and you just asked him to be a part of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a favor. It's always a favor when it's, you know, (laughs) these things don't... This movie's on the the lower end of the studio comedy budget. Right. So it's always, you know, you're asking favors. It was actually his mom's birthday.
1: Wait, I met his parents. Oh, really? Because I was at the Nebraska premiere, the Mm -hmm. Alexander Payne movie. Yeah. And he was talking to his real mom and his movie mom. (laughs) And I said... We got to get a picture of you with your mom, real mom and your movie mom. And I've like orchestrated that <laughs> my moment. My two moms. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes, but it was her birthday. So he's like, What's well, my mom's birthday? And we're like, We'll fly her out to Vancouver and celebrate. No know? way. And yeah, and they, they came. It was great. She was very lovely. That's and, so nice. And he's so funny. Yeah, he's great. It was also great to work with an adult.
1: Exactly, <laughs> right. It's like these people show up,
0: they're playing the parents, but
1: they're yeah. your age. Yeah. And then Lucas's parents are Lorel from mm-hmm. Get Out mm-hmm. and Retta, yeah, who's really funny. From too. Parks and Rec. And a lot of the reviews have them as, like, standouts in their their roles.
0: They're so... I mean, we only had them for, like, I think a day. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. But they were... They're so... I mean, so funny. Yeah. And then Sam Richardson
1: plays Officer Sacks. He's in the trailer, too. That's right. He's also really funny. He's also kind of on a hot streak. Like, he keeps popping up in, like, all these hit comedies.
0: Veep and Detroiters and, I mean, so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the great thing about having Point Grey um, attached because they also have these all these relationships. right?
1: Uh, and also, if you're not asking for too many days, maybe you right. can get these people to right. come play for example. Exactly. And you also had Michaela Watkins in the movie, who you worked with on Trophy Wife. That's true, that's true. So that's another relationship that came in handy. Yes. Also Saturday Night Live alone. That's right, that's
0: right, exactly.
1: So now you have your cast, and I, re- I is it true that Lee Eisenberg, your writing partner, is in the movie? It is true. Did he true. make the final cut? He did. He did, because on Hello Ladies... You put him in, but I don't think he made the final cut. That's right. <laughs> do you remember he was like a disaster date of Christine Woods at Hello Ladies? Vaguely. Yeah. That sounds... But he didn't make it. I do
0: have a picture of, of uh, someone applying makeup to him. On both. On both. Yeah. yeah so that must have been from Hello Ladies. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. I was like, where is this picture yeah. from? <laughs>
1: one other thing you mentioned about working with kids, you mentioned shooting at their eye level. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that?
0: Did you literally mean uh, at yeah. their eye level? I mean, viewing the world through their... Right. Um, you know... Uh, through their point of view, right. and, and yeah, playing a lot with, um, you know, we I mean we had a lot of ideas of how we wanted to shoot the movie that we kind of had to abandon because one, you know, when you're working with kids, first of all, you have way less. You, we had nine, eight or nine hours a day, right? Uh, and you could not go over. I mean, there are welfare workers on set, <laughs> right? You can't. It's not like no, no, we'll pay them overtime. It's like, <laughs> right? You can't. Right? And the truth is after 9 hours or 8 hours they get kind of they're kind of useless anyway cuz they're kids so right. you know it's not like we're making this movie in China where we can <laughs> work them to death but um, right. uh but like you know you can't there's you know they get tired um and screaming at them will only get you so far <laughs> right uh i can't picture you screaming <laughs> No, but, you know, so... Well, does that change? So how many days did you have to shoot? We, we shot, I think, for 36 days. Yeah, so you probably more days because less hours. We had more days, which in some way, I mean, that was nice a little bit. Yeah. You know, we could shoot at a slower pace. But also, there was a lot of pressure because I could just get it once as written. Right. And, because uh, there's, you know, like on the first day we realized, oh, we had this whole scene where they're biking and talking. We're like, oh, they can't really bike and talk. Right. This is not, we should just have to, we'll have them... Like a stunt straddle their bikes, and <laughs> right. die, you know. Just change. You know, you have all these. You know, bringing a crane It's a big beautiful right. shot, and right. then it's like nope. And and you you kind of just chop up. You can design the most beautiful shots in the world, but you have to. If the best line is in a different take or on someone else's coverage, you got to. You gotta ch- you're just you're going to chop it up and and get what you need from it. Um, do they have stunt doubles when they're that small? They do. They do have stunt doubles, like adults. Small adults? Yes. Adult. yes small if you adults.
1: had to get, like, a shot on a bike driving away, riding away, yes. you could get it from the back. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and uh, Brady, who plays Thor, is a twin, so oh. we, were, we were more reckless with him, because if anything happened to him, we knew we had another one. We <laughs> right. Just pop when he
1: gets tired, it's like, wake the twin yeah. up. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. So we didn't have a stuntman for Brady.
0: <laughs> That's really funny. Um. And no. you guys shot up in Vancouver? Shot up in Vancouver.
1: How was that experience?
0: Vancouver is a great city. What time of year was it? Was the summer, oh, good. but
1: because I worked on X Men Three there in the winter, and oh, it was freezing, brutal, brutal night I, shoots.
0: I mean, when it's nice there, it's one of the great cities. Yeah, but as soon as September came, oh man, it just was raining and that yeah. cold, and I was like, "What happened to the city I knew?" <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: But you were shooting when like July August.
0: We were shooting July August and into uh, we uh, early September.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that worked out. And when do you guys wrap that September? yeah, and the, then you've been editing ever since.
0: Yeah, that we edited for a long time and uh, you know did the whole uh, test screening thing right. and uh, you, you know and then in March went to South by Southwest. Yeah, see so that was the big premiere. That was we're a South big. By. That was the big premiere in March. Yeah. And uh, what
1: was that like? What were the first of all? What were the test screenings like? Because it's the first time anybody seen yeah. it. Did you end up making
0: changes based on feedback? Yeah, I mean you, you always you always do. It was it was. You kind of read the sigh of relief. You see the audiences are laughing because yeah. you never really know. You don't know what's going to pop. It was interesting. The things that we thought were definitely going to stay in the movie ended up. get out of them ended up getting cut. Things we didn't really think that much about are highlights for a lot of people. Yeah, you really don't know what's going to work uh, when you're making the movie.
1: Right, and then exp- talk about the South by Southwest premiere because that's months before the movie's actually coming out. Yeah, but just to build buzz.
0: Yeah. So yeah. It's so I mean. Point Grey and Universal, and Good Universe has a history. You know, they had released Blockers there the year before. Right. And got, gotten a lot of buzz from it. But then Blockers, I think, came out the next month. Right,
1: right. Well, that sometimes happens is, like, some things at South by Southwest, like Get Out or yeah. Us, and they're like, wait, everyone's talking about it. Let's get this movie out quicker. Yeah. Um,
0: with, with this one, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's such a great place to premiere a, a comedy because that's, I think that audience is the best for comedy. Yeah. It's a huge theater. The to...
1: festival is more focused on comedy mm-hmm. and genre movies. Yeah, it's uh, not like the art house, it's exactly. Sundance. Movies. Exactly,
0: um, and they were they were ready to laugh. I think they were drunk, uh, <laughs> and it was just it was you know it's a it's a Paramount Theater, a huge theater. I don't know how many seats, are. it must be like a thousand seats. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, hearing it there was just. That many people in a room watching your movie is—it's a great feeling. Yeah, and so this is the first movie you directed. Yeah, Lee and I directed it together. Yeah,
1: but yeah, so explain that.
0: So Why? that's a DGA uh, thing. In their in their wisdom, uh, they don't like writing teams directing together. Why? Aren't no. the
1: Russo brothers and the Cohen brothers? Yeah, it helps
0: if you're brothers for some <laughs> so reason. Can
1: you just be the stupid Minsky brothers just for the <laughs> sake of this
0: movie? And it also helps if you're if, if you're a star. They seem to allow. Movie so that's stars. why you got it over
1: huh? No, no, no that's, why, that's why I think that's why <laughs> like,
0: you know, Seth and Evan got it right um, for "This Is the End." It's such a strange rule though. It's, it's very strange. Um, I think it started from, you know, in the '30s or '40s when, either a. Uh, a studio exec would uh, kind of try and co-direct a movie with someone or a, a movie like, you know, Errol Flynn or Douglas Fairbanks would try and, like, wrestle <laughs> the movie away. Right,
1: so for some reason you guys are dealing with the fallout.
0: Yeah, movie. and so they're very, it's like, it's one person, it's one vision. And it's like, well, two people can have one vision.
1: Right, also the vision is the script, too. Yeah, yeah. It's so. So, and it's so
0: easy to just write written
1: and directed by rather yeah. than separated. So how did that... Conversation go and they're like, only one of you can have director credit. Well,
0: I, I wanted to leave the guild to so we could both do it. Uh-huh. And leave, but the problem is with leaving the guild is that you won't get as good of an AD uh-huh. and you know, things like that. So, department heads, the movie, I guess, in some ways, would will suffer. But, but Lee didn't want to leave the guild, he was just like, I'd rather, wow, yeah, it was very noble, very noble. <laughs> very noble and um, but we absolutely both directed it
1: right that's what I thought yeah. then when all the, the poor, promotional the poor, material came out it know, said directed by Gene Simnitsky
0: the, the, the poor uh, DJ rep came out to like check on us and yeah. we were obviously both directing and then just we just yelled at him he was such a nice guy we were just like what we yelled at him about the rule we were just there's just it. so
1: many directing teams now that I'm, I'm surprised
0: it's an yeah, issue I'm still angry about it yeah I'm getting worked up. but yes
1: How's Lee? He's good about it?
0: He's fine. He's he much more it. emotionally uh, well-balanced than I am. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I would have taken your route, I think. Yeah. But as long as you keep telling people that it was both of you, get the word yeah. out there. Like we said, the promotional campaign is all about, you know, the posters are like, you must be this tall to see the movie. And then the, Seth Rogen's been very involved in the—he's promo- not in the movie, but he's involved in the like commercials and the trailers. And it's yeah. him telling— the boys that they can't see the movie. That's right. So that was kind of cool that, as a producer for him to come in as like on I mean, air. I mean talent. that's
0: that's one of the reasons we wanted Point Grey to do it was because for exactly it's so helpful to have him talking to the boys in front of the trailer right. in that little 30 second part because it really contextualizes what you're about to watch. Absolutely. It separates it from diary of a wimpy kid. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Well it'll be very interesting to see when it comes out this weekend what the response is like. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see it on Friday. Uh, So here's where it becomes, like, inside the actor studio, Mm -hmm. or in your Mm -hmm. case, it'll be inside the writer's studio. Uh, So tell everybody where you're originally from.
0: Born. Uh, I was, well, I was born in Kiev. Right. Which is interesting.
1: You're probably my first guest out of 54 episodes born in the Ukraine. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, probably. Very very high (laughs) possibility. Very high possibility.
0: Uh, Yeah. How, How old were you when you moved to America? Like nine months old. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. So have you don't remember memories. it. No. <laughs> okay. No, and um, oh, we went to Chicago. I grew up, which is where I grew up. Yeah. And um, kind of was a comedy nerd, right? Growing up and you know watching SNL. Also a nerd, not just a comedy. Nerd, oh, okay. A nerd, just a, a nerd, nerd. who liked comedy. Got it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> more TV or movies? Do you remember? What was it? i mean i loved snl i loved both i, I mean, was obsessed with saturday night live yeah
1: to the point that i would tape the episodes on cassette tapes yeah and listen to them in my walkman when I we went on wow. vacation like on the yeah. plane i mean for people listening back in the day there was nothing to do on planes <laughs> there were no movies there were no yeah. ipods so yeah. i would bring a walkman with audio recordings of saturday night live and wow. listen to them that's crazy crazy I loved it that
0: much. Yeah. And there was no way to
1: watch it. So I would just bring along the sound. Yeah.
0: No, I, I was watching. I mean, luckily, I was free a lot of Saturday nights. <laughs> right. So I got to, I was lucky enough to watch uh, Saturday Night Live when it was when on. When it was on.
1: For yeah. me, I was in New Jersey. So I was always like, I can't believe this is happening like an hour away. So close. Yeah. At 30 Rockefeller oh, yeah. Center. Cause everything else, Hollywood felt far away. Yeah. But Saturday Night Live felt, felt like you could almost touch, reach out and touch uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And who were some of your comedy idols at
0: the time, actors or... At that time, I mean, I don't know. At that time, I didn't... I wasn't really like a fan of specific people, more just like, I loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I I loved those John Hughes movies and um, those Harold Ramis movies Yeah, and at Night Live. And then as I got older, I really... I mean, uh, Mr. Show had a big effect on me. Oh, cool. And uh, Larry Sanders. Right. And... um, Did you ever think... It could be a career or it was just kind no, of a I, hobby. No, I didn't know anyone that did that. I thought maybe I could be a film critic because Sisko and Ebert were from Chicago. <laughs> oh, right. And I was a film critic for The Daily Iowan where I went to school. And I, uh, I plagiarized a lot of reviews from uh, people because I was too lazy to, uh, to write my did own. Did you give good reviews? I don't even remember. You must have because
1: the karma is coming back now. You're getting very good reviews for uh, good movies. Maybe, maybe I did. I, so, I, your past as a film critic. Yeah, I was, a hor-
0: I was a horrible film critic. Um, <laughs> I was just too lazy. Is really what it comes down to. Yeah, and uh, well, you you just mentioned Harold
1: Ramis. You've told me this. You became friends with him. He's a legendary director in your
0: youth. Like explain, one of the great highlights of that. of my life is is my friendship with Harold. Um, How does that happen? It happens because I w- interned for him in Chicago. He's now he's from Chicago as well, right? And uh, interned for him in uh, his office in Highland Park. And, because uh, you
1: loved film so much.
0: I loved his films and I loved film. And also, I mean, it was just Harold and John Hughes were the only, really the only, that was the game, only game in town. And oh, I right. called his office and, you know, begged to uh, to intern there and it was, was lucky enough to uh, to do that uh, for a summer. And then... How old were you when you did that? I think I was like 20 or 21. Oh, okay. And uh, then when I moved out to L.A., I... Uh, Interned there for him as well um, on the Fox lot, where he had a, uh, his production company.
1: So you guys obviously hit it off back in Chicago. I think
0: he, I mean you know I was I was so nervous around him, which is funny <laughs> looking back on it because he's the, he was the nice. I mean he's passed since, right? He's the nicest man I'd ever met. He's also I think the, the first celebrity I'd ever really met. Right? And I was just like I didn't. Well, know. By
1: the way, for people who don't know, he directed one of my favorite movies of all time, Groundhog Day. Well, I was going to say Vacation. Oh yeah. As a kid. Nineteen eighty three, I think it yeah. came out, I was three, four years old. Yeah. It was I would watch it every single day. Like yeah. the first vacation movie is so classic to me. Every yeah. moment of it, every joke, it's still so funny. Yeah. Uh, he directed that, he wrote and directed Caddyshack, yep. wrote and directed Groundhog Day, wrote and directed Analyze This, mm-hmm. Analyze That. Um Animal, also Animal House. Animal House. It,
0: it kind of blew my mind. It's, it's like every his first movie classic. Was, his first movie was Animal House, <laughs> which broke the record for highest grossing comedy of all time, you know, Beloved. Did he direct it? No. He wrote, wrote it? He wrote it. Right. And then he broke his own record with Ghostbusters. Right. Well, that's he... the
1: thing. Before he was a director, he wrote Meatballs, Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, acted in Ghostbusters, as everyone knows, yeah. Dr. Spangler in the Ghostbusters yeah. movies. You got yeah, you So he had this crazy career. Caddyshack. As, right. As an actor, director, and writer. Yeah. Which you don't really see that
0: much. Yeah. yeah Caddyshack was his first movie and uh, that he directed. Right. And, uh, I mean...
1: Is is the best. Yeah, so you get to meet your idol and then work with him.
0: Yeah, that was... Is that what
1: brought you out to LA? Knowing you had that job?
0: I mean, I didn't really have have the job. I was just like hoping that he would... I I mean, I knew I was going to end up here because I didn't really have anything else going on. (laughs) Right. I mean, let's be honest. But I actually think that's how people make it sometimes is
1: if they don't have a plan B. Yeah. There's no, it's it's nothing there's nothing on. to fall back on. There's nothing to fall back on. You
0: have to make Cause
1: it. Cause growing up, I would say, I want to work in movies and TV and people are like, what are you going to fall back on? Which is, would be rude if you said that to a
0: doctor or yeah. <laughs> For a lawyer, yeah, that's exactly. like an insult. But yeah. I would say nothing.
1: I don't want to fall back on anything. Yeah.
0: I had nothing to fall back and I wasn't good at anything. I was like, oh I will go to medical school. If this right. is what like, no, that wasn't right. going to happen. Right. So, um, Where'd you go to college, by the way? Uh, University of Iowa. Okay. And so you graduated and then came right out here? Came right out. And um, and that, which is actually how I met Lee, because Lee had met Harold waiting tables in Martha's Vineyard. No way. And Harold gave him his card. Wait, so Harold brought you and yeah, Lee together? Harold, Harold brought us together. It's unbelievable. And uh, we met in the copy room of the Bedazzled production offices on the Fox line.
1: <laughs> no way.
0: Yeah. And uh, so I, I have him to thank for that too right he's like your guardian angel he really is wow he's the best I, I still I miss him every day
1: right we've yeah. talked about it I remember once we went to dinner you told me all oh, the Harold Ramis stories yeah uh, so now you're in LA that's like 2000 yeah exactly. and, and so eventually you've told me a story about a Curb Your Enthusiasm spec script or episode idea right
0: uh, yeah we had sold so I had uh, I was a PA in Curb Your Enthusiasm and then Jeff Garlin's assistant and then we
1: that's also like a dream job if you love comedy. Yes. I mean, you're with Larry David, the, the God.
0: Yes. No, but nothing more awkward than going to the bathroom at the same time as Larry, like, <laughs> trying to make small talk. Right. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, we... Uh, Lee was working, attempting at HBO, and um, he had heard that, like, Larry was looking for ideas. And we sent some in, and he rejected them. But he he called, which was just like, hey, I'm not... Um, Going to do any of these because I'm doing two that are similar, oh, and, I yeah. and I don't want you to sue me. I was like, I'm not going not to sue you. He's right. like, but if you, you yeah. know, if you have any more, I'll, I'll listen to them. Interesting. And so it's uh, interesting because you always think Larry David
1: is just does it all on his own. It would never.
0: I mean, he does most. I mean, people. he's a genius. Yeah. He does totally. You know, he'll take a kernel of something and then you know make it amazing. Right. Um, but but it but basically it just um, gave us the, I think the courage to uh, work together and pursue comedy totally in a real way. So that was
1: 2004, and you're Jeff Garland's assistant. That was on 2003, then. I think. Right, well, the ep- oh, right, season four came out in 2004 that you worked on. Yeah, And was it season four, yes. Yeah. And so you have this crash course in TV making, mm-hmm. and then a year later, 2005, you become part of The Office.
0: That's right. Yeah, well, we wrote this, um, we sold this uh, project, called we called it Lonnie and Gordo, uh, to 20th, which was... You know, for Fox, the right. studio. Right. And uh, it never got made, but it ended up being ultimately the most important 30 pages we ever wrote because that got us hired on The Office. Really? And, and Harold hired us to help him on year one. Right. Um, and which then got us Ghostbusters, which we worked on for five years. Right. And, and so it kind of started everything for us. Wow.
1: Yeah. And so the tell me about The Office. So you guys joined season two. Yes. And it was one of those it had like a very short season one.
0: Yeah, six I, six episodes. Yeah, and I
1: remember right. telling everyone about it. I was like, You don't yeah. understand. Oh, yeah. Like the Diversity Day episode with the name tags. I was like, You have to watch this show. And this is when like video iPods were first coming that's right. out and I was like downloading them and watching them. That's right. I had graduated from listening to Saturday Night Live right. to watching to watch The Office. Usually guys are in season two, episode six. Obviously the show is the American version based on the British version, which was created by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Yes, it all comes back comes around, Back yeah. into play with Hello Ladies. Uh, but so you guys got that job based off a of spec, but you'd never worked in a writer's room before. Yeah. So what that? What's that like? That your first writer's room is this <laughs> hit NBC sitcom, <laughs> The Office. Uh, well, it wasn't a hit yet. Uh, well, fact, critically it was, acclaimed, right?
0: You know, it wasn't critically acclaimed yet. It was very strange because the people normally that would like the show were comparing it uh, to the British office and it didn't stand up well to that. I mean, huh. we love the British office and we, when we heard that there was going to be an American oh, office, so you were fans of the, British Oh office. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: And then when we heard there's going to be an American one, we're like, how are they going to pull this off? <laughs> right. then, we, then we loved season one of the American one. And then we got hired. I think we got like an offer of a full season of American dad or six episodes of the office. Cause we, that's, you guys were off and running pretty early. Yes. But we took the office because we're like, I'd rather do six episodes of the show. Right, and then it gets canceled. Oh. Then the full, the full <laughs> season of American Dad. Den- right, and we were uh, we came in and we were very intimidated because we loved the show and everyone was just so smart and funny. But we didn't understand. I remember, you know, when you pitch something in a writer's room, if you pitch something that no one really laughs at or likes, no one says that's a bad pitch. Right. They just don't say anything, right? But to me, Silence. that sounds like they didn't hear me. So then I re pitched louder, <laughs> and it was just a disaster, right? And uh, and all the people who, who I'm friends <laughs> with now at the time, I'm just like, all oh, these assholes, <laughs> right? Bj Novak, Paul Lieberstein, right?
1: You guys were kind of like young guys, yeah, to so, so be well, in the well, writers' it, room with you know for the it, first
0: time, yeah. There's, everyone's like went to Harvard, and, <laughs> and uh, how cool it was! It was very cool. But it, and then so I, you know, I remember calling. Our agent at the time, uh, Mark Provozero, who's now a manager, like, Mark, get us off the show. They're so mean to us. (laughs) Wow. He's like, You idiots, stay on, you're staying on the show. Thank God.
1: Well, you guys stayed on season two through the end of season six. That's right. You were there for five years. Mm -hmm. You guys went from writers to story editors to producers, co executive producers. You directed two episodes together, you and Lee, Mm -hmm. even though they credited you one each. Uh, How'd that come about? Like, did you guys say like we want to try directing? Yeah,
0: well, we we had directed some webisodes, and uh, which of course we won a Webby Award for. Which I found out later, everyone wins a Webby. You just have to do any Webby Award. Back then, there wasn't as much competition. Really, everyone (laughs) has a Webby Award, Um, and we. um, so you threw your hats into the ring threw our hats in the ring and then we got uh, uh, they let us they allowed us to direct an episode which we did together which I think the first one was the Michael Scott Paper Company yeah season 5 episode 23 for those fans
1: out there wow yeah
0: there you go and and we did it and then only one of us got credit and then we did another one only one of us got credit yeah that uh, one's called The Lover
1: season 6 episode 7 that's right took the words right out of my mouth
0: yeah and (laughs) yeah so was it just
1: a dream job it must have been right because yes. it was winning Golden Globes and Emmys. And yeah,
0: our first year we won the Emmy. We we're like, "This is awesome!" Then we never <laughs> won it again. Uh, and um oh, the show won. The show won. Were you guys producers on it yet? No, we oh, were, so we you were, don't get the no, physical award. No,
1: but you get to say you were worked on the Emmy-winning show. That's right. That's right. What's your favorite memory from from The Office?
0: The table read of dinner party. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean that was the. I think still that's my favorite moment in Hollywood.
1: Wait, dinner party we have to talk about because Rolling Stone. Came out with an article last year, April 2018, called That One Night, the Oral History of the Greatest Office Episode Ever. So out of 201 episodes of The Office, Rolling Stone picked The Dinner Party, written by you and Lee, as the greatest episode ever. That has to feel pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was... I know uh, you're humble, but... (laughs) That that was, we were... I mean, look, I always thought it was, but I didn't surprise anyone else. No. Uh, (laughs) No, we we were... it was great. Well, It's right. a unique episode because it doesn't take place at the office. It is. You know, it, it was, takes place at a dinner party. Yeah, and it was also just. I remember my memories for that were we had the the table read was amazing, and I remember I remember the t shirt I was wearing. I sweated through the whole <laughs> shirt, and the black, It was just. It was so because we. You know, everyone goes off. They write their episode. They come back. It was during the hiatus, and no one really said anything. And we're like, oh, I thought we did a good job. I guess, okay, maybe we didn't. And then that table read, was just. It was everything you'd hoped for. And
1: um, I just would imagine people were laughing through their well, life.
0: It kept building. It was just like, you know, it kept building. So by the end, people were just going crazy. It, was just, it felt so good. Just, well, yeah. You
1: guys said the motive for that episode was to show Michael Scott is at his most pathetic. And so it's the most awkward dinner party yes. of all time. It was, it was
0: basically, yeah, it was, it was, it was afraid of Virginia Woolf. <laughs> right. It just keeps times getting, the office.
1: It right. yeah. just keeps getting worse and worse and worse.
0: And, um, but then the writer strike happened. Oh, right. And that kind of stopped the momentum. So when it when the show came back, that was the first one that we filmed it. And it was the first one that aired. And I think people were just like, well, hey, no, we want to see people in the office. Oh, like, uh, right. So it was a little bit, people were just like, oh, I, I want to get back to the office. Right. Because it was a little bit of an aberration. Right. But I think when you watch it now, without a you know three-month hiatus, right. I think it probably place better.
1: Yeah. Well, I also have to add the Dinner and Party episode got you and Lee your first Emmy nominations. Mm -hmm. Outstanding writing for a comedy series. Mm -hmm. 2008. That same year you guys were producers on the show so you were also nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. Mm -hmm. And then 2009 you guys got nominated again for comedy series. So, three Mm -hmm. Emmy nominations. That's pretty good for The Office. So, it went off the air in 2013. Mm -hmm. But right now in 2019 it's the most watched show on television because of Netflix. Yeah. It's, has a bigger audience now than I think it ever had because the reach all over the world compared to NBC you know with commercials on one night a week but um, it's suddenly everybody's favorite show yeah all these years later I know my cousins who are high school college age are discovering it you'll be like what's your favorite show they're like The Office on Hmm. Netflix I'm like wow this is it's amazing that the show has gotten bigger and taken on a life of its own outside of what you guys created within that
0: time period did not see that coming right it was I, yeah I mean, how does that feel it feels good but it makes me feel old really <laughs> well it's not that it's only six years um yeah it was it's weird everyone's like
1: my kids love the show <laughs> right um, like they're finding it now yeah, people are finding it like a new show and the it, bingeability yeah. of Netflix yeah almost helps because yeah it's just, you can put it on any time, any episode, yeah. watch as many as you want.
0: I just feel like everyone knows the show better than I do now because I haven't really watched it since we left. <laughs> right, and It's fresh in their minds. It's fresh in their minds. And they'll, you know, they'll quote it to me or something I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> right.
1: If it's not the dinner party, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but NBC Universal is starting their own streaming service. And so they paid $500 million for the streaming rights to the office. When the office leaves Netflix in 2021, it'll go to the streaming service. Who gets that five hundred million dollars?
0: Stephen Merchant does he? No, I don't. I get <laughs> he gets a, I'm a, sure he gets a nice chunk. of like it. that. I,
1: that's so much money for something that's not being made anymore. I know right? it's crazy. It's
0: crazy. I think the who gets the money. I think that you know the executive producers. It's and incredible. The, do the and actors the, get any of that?
1: I don't know how it works. It's so. I should make
0: a call. I should yeah. look into this. I mean, I
1: see the numbers sometimes, and I do like a double take, like Friends is going to go to the Warner Brothers streaming service, which will be HBO Max. Mm-hmm. They paid $425 million for Friends when it leaves Netflix. It's just, I, I'm like, I thought everyone on Friends already made all everybody yeah. like a million an episode oh when God. it was on. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it mind-boggling. Shows that I grew up watching or watched loyally when mm-hmm. they were on TV are somehow generating this amount of money. It's nuts. In reruns. It's nuts. It's incredible. Before we move on from the office, I do want to mention the cast because they've all gone on. To have these huge careers in movies, Steve Carell, now an Oscar-nominated movie star, John Krasinski, movie star director, Quiet Place, Mindy Kaling just had Late Night, Ed Helms, Hangover, Jenna Fisher Craig Robinson, Rain Wilson, B.J. Novak. Mm-hmm. You must have become friends with all of them during the making. You know, you worked so closely with them, yeah. and they've all
0: gone on to have these—it's crazy—huge careers. It's like five years of your life. You spend every day with these people, right? So sit next to them, right? And they've all become extremely successful. Yeah, they all have I their mean, own show, as they should. They're talent. These are. Very talented, smart, but it started out all these newcomers, they were like character
1: actors. Yeah, and so what do you remember about the cast? Like, do you remember when people started, like, when it started to change? Like, I
0: mean, Steve was a 40 year old virgin, came out, and oh, right, and you're like, oh, okay, he's gonna be a movie star, which which really helped The Office, (laughs) yeah. And it kind of changed the way we wrote Michael because Greg Daniels, our boss, saw that and thought, okay, let me maybe let's make him less nasty and more pathetic, right. And uh, right, that's gets, true Steve accent. is very likable. Yeah. You
1: know? so that I, makes sense, actually. I he think did that was get a really nasty. smart decision. Yeah. Because yeah. he was kind of like this lovable loser yeah. in
0: movies. Okay, so what made you guys leave the office after season six? We were exhausted. We were, <laughs> uh, that last season, we were just running the room. and we. Were, oh, really? Yeah. We were uh, doing movies on the weekends and we. Just were exhausted. We had been working seven days a week for five years. Wow. Yes, we just had to kind of take a break. Take a break,
1: yeah. And one of those movies, the first movie was Year One. Yes. Which you guys wrote with Harold Ramis. Yes. Who directed the movie. That's right. So it's a, that's like a, that's what we yeah. call Yeah, and Harold, full, di-
0: Harold directed episodes of The Office as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. We
1: call those full circle moments. That's right. It a full circle <laughs> where moment. your internship becomes your co-writer that's who's right. directing it. And Year One starred Jack Black, Michael Cera, Olivia Wilde, Juno Temple... Oliver Platt David Cross you had these like comic geniuses saying your lines yes
0: well yeah yeah I mean (laughs) you know the movie obviously didn't turn out as well as we'd have hoped but I mean I just feel I just think back to those dinners with Harold and hanging out with him and that really makes it all worth it
1: well that's what I think is interesting too is a lot of times it's not how the movie does once you've worked on it it's almost like a yearbook for yourself of like you're watching the movie like I remember that day at lunch or I remember that day at dinner it's just just being with those actors and that director, and so now you guys are movie writers post The Office and Year One, and your next movie was Bad Teacher, yeah. yep, which you guys wrote. What was what was kind of the thought process behind Bad Teacher? It's almost like Good Boys and like let's take this like yeah, yeah
0: so sub- take something and make it subversive. Right. We just like the the idea of adults being mean to kids (laughs) we love Bad Santa oh yeah we love uh, we saw I think Natalie Portman on SNL we thought she was really funny so we had like kind of her in mind oh okay and um, kind of just this teacher that behaves badly yeah I mean as as simple as that and um, and and so Bad Teacher was directed seven years later (laughs) yeah yeah, there you go oh right Mm -hmm. that's right and it was directed
1: by Jay Kasdan Mm -hmm. and you got Cameron Diaz to be your Bad Teacher I mean
0: That was cool. You must have been stoked. Yes.
1: One of the biggest movie stars. Playing your lead. I heard that she took, is this true, she took a million dollars up front? That's what we heard. And the rest on the back end, and then she ended up walking away with like $42 million. Yeah, that's
0: what we, I mean, supposedly. She hasn't been seen since. It hasn't been, yeah, so it sounds
1: right (laughs) then. No, 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 she's like vacationing. You also had Jason Mm Segel, Justin Timberlake, Lucy Punch, John Michael Higgins, and of course... Phyllis Smith from The Office that's right that's right (laughs) so it all worked out Uh, out. that movie looked like it was a lot of fun to make I'm sure
0: it was it was we were kind of switching off between being at The Office and being it was towards the end of our time there oh that was happening simultaneously yeah so we were just kind of it was
1: pretty hectic oh that's why you were so busy yeah that last year and that's another movie where it's a hard R but really in real life you and Lee you don't speak like you don't you're not raunchy guys no like, End the Office is not a raunchy show. No, It's very intellectual humor, which is what I associate you guys with. But for some reason with the movies, you go hard-R, edgy stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do
1: you I you just like I, to push the envelope, see how far you can take things?
0: I guess. I don't even know what it is. Um, we've written other things that haven't gotten made that I think are much less raunchy, but I think the stuff that...
1: Actually, it's funny you say that because I, I have scripts where people are like, this is too soft make yeah. it edgier yeah so maybe you're just doing the right thing yeah who knows, who knows? <laughs> they like it that's what works and bad teacher was a big hit it opened number two at the box office june 2011 second only to cars 2 so that's okay if it's an animated <laughs> disney movie it made 31.6 million opening weekend went on to gross 100 million domestic 216 million worldwide that's good for you when you're a writer because people are
0: like their ideas work yeah Those days, those were the days. (laughs) Those were the days when when comedies could do that.
1: Yeah, and so then 2012 rolls along. This is when I met you guys Mm -hmm. uh, for the show Hello Ladies. So explain how the Stephen Merchant relationship from The Office
0: led to Hello Ladies. We were friends, uh, and
1: he obviously liked you guys.
0: He liked us, and we liked him. And um, he was he was doing he had a stand up show called Hello Ladies, and I think we were going to talk about like producing. Uh, a TV show, just as producers you guys um, worked
1: on the stand up show no, like? no, no you we're
0: didn't. just saying like we'll produce the TV version of that and, um, and we started talking about it and it became clear like oh well let's just all write it together yeah and um, and we did and uh, sold it to HBO yeah and where we're, Lee used to work where we Lee used to work exactly <laughs> that's funny and um, I had so much
1: fun working on that show I mean yeah. I thought it was just a great group of people it was behind it was. the scenes in front of the camera
0: it was, it was so fun. It was really fun.
1: Actually, uh, Kevin Weissman was on the podcast. Oh, really? Hello, Hello, Ladies. So if anyone loves Hello, Ladies, go back and listen to the Kevin Weissman <laughs> episode. But yeah, we talked all about it. Like that's funny. The cast was Stephen Merchant playing Stewart, which is a little bit of a, a nerdier version of himself. <laughs> uh, I remember the original script of Stephen. Right? Yes. And then he's probably right. like, I don't want people to think I'm playing right. And then Christine Woods, Jessica, Kevin Weissman, Kivas, Nate Torrance was Wade, and a pre-SNL Kyle Mooney that's right was Rory uh, Sean Wing was Glenn and also Jenny Slate recurred mm-hmm. as one of Jessica's acting rivals that's right and so what was that experience like that was because it was just like HBO was, you get to put you get to yeah. push the envelope it even further it was so further. fun I mean there's no censorship with language or yeah material
0: it was um, it was just fun to hang out with Stephen and you know like make him laugh he made yeah. us laugh it's like working with your friends I mean and just making them laugh it's just we're so lucky yeah we are so lucky there is so many I agree with that when you can make Stephen Merchant laugh there is yeah. you do kind of feel he's one of the all time funniest people and he's in Good Boys oh he is in Good Boys yeah oh that's a surprise I didn't yeah. know that and uh, not anymore I guess the surprise is ruined <laughs> uh, but um, yeah I mean, he's one of the funniest people of all time so yeah. it, it was just fun to spend all that time with him and, and uh, you know I wish the show would have I know had a bigger following, but you know HBO allowed us to make a make a movie,
1: right? Well, so yeah, in lieu of season two, mm-hmm. our parting gift—the parting gift was eight, uh, "Hello, Ladies," the movie. That's right. And my favorite day on that set of the movie was Nicole Kidman playing herself. <laughs> was just genius. She mm-hmm. just made fun of herself. She let Steven. She was. She and Keith Urban were fans of Steven. Yeah. And that's what made Steven think to reach out to them to have her play herself. So really, it's funny because on the in the movie, he's playing a fan of hers. Yes. But in real life, she's a fan of his.
0: That's right. So that's, that's right. kind of cool. Yeah.
1: And then my other favorite day was when Jean played Jessica's professor. Oh, and I yeah. got to be one of her classmates. <laughs> do you remember that? We got <laughs> to do. share a I scene. I do. Shot that in a Disney lot. <laughs> yeah. We got to share a scene. Her character goes back to college. And we that's got right. to do it together. I got more... Responses from that than maybe anything I've done really? because that just goes to show like when you're in front of the camera you get more oh, glory. People are like I saw you in this movie. I was like, wait, I've done other stuff too. But
0: my mom's like, do you <laughs> want to act? Why don't you act? I'm like, mom, aren't I doing enough? Would you do it? Did you put yourself in Good Boys or no?
1: I guess not thing. me, but Lisa. right, it. Lisa. Yeah, yeah. But would you do that like Alfred Hitchcock style, where you give yourself a little mm-hmm. role in your knees?
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone. I think, that, yeah. yeah, probably not. Not doesn't, I don't know, that's not really what uh, where my joy comes from. Okay,
1: no, that's good. You know. That's good that you know that. So Hello Ladies, people can watch all eight episodes of season one on HBO On Demand. The movie's on there. And the movie was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Television Movie. So you and Lee and Stephen and Dan were nominated for that. And then it also was nominated for Outstanding Writing for a TV movie.
0: You've done your homework. Of course,
1: but wow. I knew that when it really happened, too. Mm-hmm. That's a memory as well. So you've had five Emmy nominations between The Office and Hella Lee's. That's pretty cool. Uh,
0: yeah. For some reason, we have six. Oh, really? Well, but I, I was doing the math. I, was like, I feel like there's only five. Why do we have six? I don't think there's six. Unless they count the win. No, I, we have six, uh... Oh, you have six certificates? Six certificates. Oh. And I was like, I don't know. Did they send us an extra certificate? <laughs> right. Like, did they double up by well, accident? maybe they feel bad
1: about the directing stuff. <laughs> they take it away that they yeah. doubled up with the yeah. writing.
0: Yeah. Um, do
1: you have a favorite episode or memory of Hello Ladies yeah
0: um my favorite episode
1: I wonder if we have the same one
0: what's yours The Wedding that's the one that most people like yeah I like it because it's
1: like we were talking about before it's contained it takes place at one Mm -hmm. location like some of the best Seinfeld episodes are like that too. And yeah. Dinner party. Of yeah. Office is like that. Right. Right. Everyone's right. just at this wedding and comedy ensues. And actually, Greg Daniels directed, directed that it. one. Yes. Everything comes full circle. It all comes full circle from the office. Um, and Saturday Night Live actually is where that's you
0: started. right started. Him and Conan.
1: Yeah. So a lot of things in your life are like these full circle moments where you loved Saturday Night Live, you loved Harold Ramis movies, and you got to yes. work with all these people. Yeah. It's very cool.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: In case you didn't know, I'm reminding you of all of it now. (laughs) And uh, so that same year that Hello Ladies came out, which was, it came out September 2013, you and Lee had three shows on the air, which is pretty unheard of. Like Deadline does this thing called Overachievers. Mm -hmm. They called you guys Overachievers that (laughs) year, which is something we all aspire to be, a Deadline Overachiever. So you had Hello Ladies on HBO, you had Trophy Wife on ABC, and you had the TV version of Bad Teacher on CBS. So that year... It's funny because you said you left the office because you guys were working too hard. <laughs> and then you went yeah. and made three shows. Yeah, that was insane. Where you guys were running around to the point that on Hello Ladies, Lee would be there more than you because you were at Trophy White. Yeah. And I'd see you in passing on the Disney and then lot. Then we'd, we'd switch. You'd switch. And, and, we'd I, tro- and if you weren't there, I'd like send you a picture of your empty director chair <laughs> with your name on it. Just yeah. They'd still put it out just in case you showed yeah. up.
0: I mean, luckily, they canceled all three after a season. So <laughs> yeah, that worked out well.
1: <laughs> what was that year like? With When you had all three going. It was crazy. It, was, it had to uh, be.
0: Yeah, I was uh, not enjoying life. Really? I mean, I was so overworked and tired. And well, I guess because with TV, you put a
1: lot out there because you don't know what's going to get picked up. What pilot yeah. will go to pilot? What pilot will then get picked up to series? Yeah. So it was just an embarrassment of writers where all three it went was. to series. I wish they could have spaced them out a little bit better. Right. Just for your... But uh, for time. his lifestyle. But, uh right. yeah, you know,
0: you strike while they're inside. Yeah. You
1: know. Well, it's a testament to the material, too that you guys attract good actors. So Trophy Wife had Malin Ackerman, Bradley Whitford, who's an Emmy winner, Marcia Gay Harden, who's an Oscar winner, Michaela Watkins, who's in your movie, uh, Natalie Morales, Bailey Madison, who's gone on to be like this movie star, Mm -hmm. uh, and then Bad Teacher had Ari Grainer in the Cameron Diaz role, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne, Kristen Davis from Sex and the City, Ryan Hansen, who's so funny. Yeah, I love him. I was actually... I was with him in Fiji. They're doing Fantasy Island out there. My friend's directing that. Oh, cool. And so got to hang with him. He's like a family guy with his wife and his kids and Mm -hmm. just so funny and nice. And then David Allen Greer was the principal, Mm -hmm. Living Color, which I'm sure you watched. I did. I loved in Living Color. Yeah, I got to work with him. So they only lasted a season each, but at least, you know... Yeah. you get to bring I mean, bad, them to life.
0: Bad Teacher mean, that was Hillary Winston uh, show ran that so right. it was in good hands like, right. we weren't day to day on that right. thank god <laughs> we would have just dropped dead right. you
1: physically couldn't be yeah. there um, is there talk of like maybe Bad Teacher doing a sequel to the movie ever
0: there was for a while mm-hmm. and, we, and the, we did the work TV kind of show script, but the yeah we did the TV show and I think that ship has sailed. Okay. Well, you never know. Never when know. When Cameron Diaz
1: runs out of her $42 million. Yeah. She's like, Can we do I think she has thing? much more than $42 million. No, no, no. <laughs> she definitely does. Uh, so most recently, 2017 to 2019, where we're at now, you and Lee were executive producers of the Showtime show Smith, mm-hmm. which starred Frankie Shaw,
0: yep. who was on Hello Lady. She played right.
1: Christine Wood's friend, so I got to work with her mm-hmm. on that and in the movie. And she had written and directed and starred in a short film version of Smelf. Mm-hmm. Did she show that to you guys, yeah. and did you help her were like, develop? Wow, this is really good. Really,
0: and uh, and then she submitted it to, I want to say Sundance. Okay, and it won the short film.
1: Oh, right, it did win awards. Yeah, yeah, and then
0: yeah, we sold it to Showtime. But was that you guys using your like TV expertise nope. to like develop it? Into oh yes, show? to develop it. Yes, but I mean, she wrote and directed no, yeah. that short film. That was all. It was all her anyway. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, but because of Hello, Ladies, did she come to you and say? Yeah, because we had an
0: existing relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that show went on to get nominated for Golden Globe's Best Comedy Series, Best Actress. Season two just wrapped March 2019, which brings us to today. Yeah. And Good Boys coming out. And a script you started in 2013, six years later, the journey culminates Friday, August 16th, when Good Boys hits theaters. Everywhere. So what's next? You're gonna go on vacation or take a break? We're gonna whatever? we're gonna what do you do? We're
0: gonna remake a Stars Starsborn. I think it's time.
1: <laughs> right? I think it's time they've only remade yeah. it four times. <laughs> who would it be? Who would you remake Starsborn
0: with? <laughs> oh, oh, Jacob. Oh Jacob Trimblay. Yeah. In the and Bradley Cooper role.
1: And who would be Lady Gaga? Le- you know who JoJo is? She's like a teen singer. Yes. My niece's love. Yes. There you go. Jacob Trimblay and JoJo. Boom. Done. Stars Born five. Before I let you go, what advice would you offer? to aspiring writers and directors. Cause it sounds like you were this kid with these like big dreams and you actually got to live them. You got to make them happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, go make stuff, go, yeah. don't sit around and wait, go, you know, things that make you laugh or make you care or cry. Just go make it. Yeah. You know, everyone has got a camera on their phone now. That's just, true. Just do it.
1: Right. Do people
0: ask you a lot? Like, what should I do to be a So occasionally, but you know, it's just, just do it. Don't, yeah. Because I used to just wait, like I, I, I was waiting for something, and eventually <laughs> I just wrote it. Like I don't know what I, exactly what I was waiting I was paralyzed, I was I was also lazy. Um, no, but
1: I think there is this thing when you first move to LA because it happened to me too that you're gonna get here and everyone's just gonna welcome you with open yeah. We've been waiting for right. you, right? Welcome, come in, right. come in, sit, have a tell seat. us what you want to do, yeah, right? You that, definitely that, that to, did not happen, you have right. to knock down the door, yeah, totally. Generate your own content, and I also have to mention that people should follow Gene on Instagram at Gene. not just because you get to. 'Cause it's not really about the making of your movies and stuff, it's more memes <laughs> that you create. Like yeah. how did you find I don't know. this side I'll, hobby I'll of tell creating you. memes?
0: I'll tell you. Uh because when you make a movie it takes like seven years. <laughs> so it's just like a dopamine hit of like, Oh, this is fu- I think this is funny. Let me just put it out there and see. Right. And so I just like But I've I'm, never
1: made a meme. I've seen a
0: lot of memes. I've right. sent them around. Mm-hmm. But- Know, it's just like writing a joke yeah it's the same thing You find right? a picture find a caption yeah it's just you know it's an outlet it's a creative outlet well I think
1: you get a lot of positive feedback on Instagram as this like meme creator <laughs> don't you
0: find it like, I mean I stopped I had you know I you had, had a like, hot streak I had a hot streak and then I stopped when I Start actually directing a movie. <laughs> Couldn't quite work on the memes. Right. So I've taken a break from that. Well,
1: maybe yeah. you can bring it back now that the movie's coming maybe out. Maybe I will. Um, so if you don't follow Gene on Instagram, follow him so you don't miss out. Sweet baby Gene, G-E-N-E. And now the very last thing we do here at on the list is called the mystery question, where my guest from the previous podcast leaves a question and envelope for my next guest, whoever that may be. Even I don't know what it says. And then you leave one for my next guest and so on. So my guests on the last podcast were... John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg the mm-hmm. creators of Cobra Kai the yep. hit show they're also the writers and directors of the Harold and Kumar movies so since I had two guests you get two mystery questions oh great I know lucky day actually if Lee was here he could have the other yeah. question and uh, they each wrote a question for you you open those okay then I will give you a card and envelope to leave a question for my next guest whoever that may be and let's hear question one and tell us which one of them were the first one. This
0: is uh, Hayden's. Is it? I don't know. I'm no, it says John. John. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> John's. Uh, if you had to eat every meal for the rest of your life at the same restaurant, what restaurant would it be? You know, so I get made fun of a lot because I like Wakano, which everyone's like, that's not great. Wait, kind of like fairly huacano. mediocre sushi, and I always want to eat there. <laughs> and I get a lot of shit for it. So, but I... I I rep Wakano hard.
1: Wait, they have a really good salad, like the ginger dressing. It's great, and is great. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go to Wakano with you anytime. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have, it's gonna have it's it tomorrow, question. I think. Okay. <laughs> okay. In celebration of the movie coming out. You'll yeah, by myself. I'll be there. Come say
0: hi. All right, this is Hayden. Uh, who is your biggest celebrity crush?
1: Oh, man. Are you single, by the way? I am. Okay, so this could be a matchmaking situation. He's a big movie director, you guys.
0: Maybe Angela Lansbury? <laughs> available. I like Mature, a Mature Woman. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really have one because, you know, when you spend time around actors, <laughs> that crush goes away real quick. Crush goes away. Uh, I'll tell you, though, when I was a kid, I really had a big crush in Sybil Shepard. I used to watch Moonlighting.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. She might be available. Well, we'll see. If
0: maybe my people can call her people. <laughs> totally. So we can, so have we her can go do. to the premiere tonight. Yeah.
1: She can be your date. That's well, right. that is a wrap. <laughs> I didn't think we'd end on Sybil Shepard, I'll mm. tell you that. That is a Everything wrap. Everything ends on Sybil Shepard. <laughs> Everything comes around to Sybil. Uh, that is a wrap on episode 54. Thank you, Gene, for doing this. His movie Good Boys hits theaters this Friday, August 16th. I can't wait to see it. You should too. Thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and I will talk to you next time.
0: Bye. We'll wait for Hollywood.